Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour One Podcast. This might be college football, heaven. Tuesday has arrived. Welcome in. A lot happening, including some early predictions for, yes, the college football season. We haven't forgotten about that. There are a few court cases going on that we will look in and find out if anything has occurred. We begin with a number of guests as well and some headlines we are sharing with you right now. Tennessee fans... Rented a crane, hanging a massive vol flag outside the courthouse holding an NCAA hearing. I, I don't know if that affects the uh, judicial process, but it certainly <laughs> makes Tennessee fans look like they're excited about the court case. And we are excited about that and the upcoming season. Frankly, a little more excited about the upcoming season. ESPN, which had the way too early predictions way too early about a month ago they have been adjusted georgia remains number one how about ohio state with all the incoming players from everywhere else judkins sand howard mclaughlin oregon texas notre dame has moved up ole miss in missouri penn state alabama now i mean no don't don't move that screen for a second I need to count. Alabama, Georgia, Texas, one, two, three, four. Alabama is the fifth-ranked SEC school. Wow. They dropped five spots since Kalen DeBoer showed up, and a lot of people have left. Is that good? I'm sure legend will agree. It is. So why is that happening? Well, here's a... <laughs> Looking for an offensive coordinator again. Kalen DeBoer lost his man. Looks like he's going to elevate from within. What does all this mean? I know it sounds like I'm doing a, a rap song, but it's not. It's, it's real. The returning production is not that great, or at least it's not as great as it was. Nick Saban, have you you sure about you sure about TV? You don't want to. Oh, oh you, you you are sure. Uh, this is the returning production, according to Bill Conley, 115th in the country, only trailed by Mississippi State. A and M looks good. Texas looks good. Missouri, even Florida looks good. But how good? J.D. Bacall joining us uh, from On Threes, brand new headquarters uh, right outside of Nashville. And J.D., uh, thanks so much uh, for being here. Like, like, like the digs, uh, I, I, I wouldn't even go home if I worked there. I mean, you just, it looks like a pretty good place to hang out. How are you? I'm doing phenomenal. Yeah, it's, it's a great setup we got here. We got a lot of people behind the scenes making it happen. So, yeah, I can't complain if I wanted to, Paul. It's a great setup. Well, I like to share it as well. Let's talk about something uh, 
the, the fans want to hear, and that's what did you make out of that way too early uh, top 25, especially Alabama slipping down. Now, again, number nine would be great for most programs. For Alabama, that's pretty far down. Yeah, I think the the first thought I had on that is it's way too early, so right in line with that title. Uh, I think the funny thing about Alabama and that returning production number, they're sitting at 115 right now when a year ago they were actually at 125, Paul, and they ended up making the college football playoff. We were saying all these things about what Alabama wasn't going to be, and then Alabama won the SEC. So I don't know if that's necessarily the same kind of uh, deck they're working with this time around with Nick Saban no longer at the helm, probably a little bit less of that inevitable factor for them. But I mean, last time we talked, Paul, I mean, we we kind of came to the agreement, hey, Kalen DeBoer is a great football coach and he still has, I think, a really solid roster intact. Now, maybe the cupboard isn't as stocked as it was previously with all the portal movement they had, but still a lot of top two classes for guys that are still on campus in Tuscaloosa. J.D., let's uh, put a hold on Alabama because that's a subject that we could talk about probably way too much, uh, even if it's way too early. But let's let's talk about Georgia starting there because they're right back to where they've been uh, at number one, even with that narrow loss last year to Alabama. Uh, the incoming class, great. Quarterbacks, the same. What do you uh, like about the Georgia team coming back for next year? I love Carson Beck and the fact that he took over the job last year and usually with the first year quarterback, sometimes there's a little bit of like an acclimation process. They don't look quite as comfortable as maybe you would like them to. Uh, that wasn't Carson Beck last year, completing north of 70% of his passes. And now he gets another year with the same OC. They attacked the portal and got him some weapons. Uh, London Humphreys from down the road from his here in Nashville at Vanderbilt. Uh, Colby Young, big body receiver from Miami. Got him Trevor Etienne, who's arguably one of the best backs in the SEC. So they got him some new toys to go along with an offense he's already familiar with. And uh, to me, Paul, I mean, Georgia is set to Georgia once again in 2024. J.D., uh, it looks like within the SEC, Texas is the next school. Uh, talk about what, what do you see after Georgia? Because there there's some new faces in there that uh, ended last year very well, but we're not used to seeing at the top. And I'm speaking, of course, of Texas, we haven't seen them ever in the SEC and Ole Miss and Missouri. I think it's just impressive the way that Steve Sarkeesian has changed the entire conversation around Texas. I mean, this time last year, they're getting ready to play Alabama in week two, and we're talking about how that'll be kind of a rude awakening for them and kind of a primer for the SEC. And they go into Tuscaloosa and beat Nick Saban and company pretty convincing by double digits, and they were driving with the football at the end of that game. And so I think the the overall optics on Texas and the fact they're going into the SEC, I think in a position of power, uh, really says a lot about what Steve Sarkeesian's done there in the short amount of time. My one concern I have is how do they replenish on the defensive line? Because we all understand it's a trenches league as the SEC. You got to have those big boys up front and they lose two All-Americans in Byron Murphy and Devondre Sweat. But they got a quarterback. They have an offensive mastermind in Steve Sarkeesian, and they also attacked the portal and in some really key guys uh, from the SEC themselves and Isaiah Bond and Amari Nyblak uh, from Alabama. So I, I think Texas is in good shape, Paul. Yeah, I mentioned Alabama briefly. Uh, there's been some confusion about what's going to happen at the OC position. There's talk now of, of elevating a coach from within, but I know you're, you're on the record saying that they, already, they may already have the play caller on the staff. Uh, expound that conversation for us. Yeah, well, if, the, if they gave me the power to pick the next offensive coordinator, I think Kalen DeBoer being your head coach and your OC would make a lot of sense, and not so much from like a long-term perspective. I think long-term, you eventually want to be able to be that CEO and have somebody else call the plays for you, but 
if I'm Kalen DeBoer, this is a pretty pivotal year for the optics of Alabama and not just for us as the college football public. But if I'm a recruit, a lot of these guys are kind of in wait and see mode for what Bama's going to be in 2024 and kind of decide how they want to go about their recruitment from there. But I mean, for Kalen DeBoer, he's proven as a play caller. Um, and if I'm him, I'm like, okay, if we go down in year one, whether we have success or whether we fail, like I want it to be on my terms. I don't want somebody else running the show for us. Uh, but it sounds like Nick Sheridan is trending towards them elevating him to be the play caller working with quarterbacks. Uh, he's currently the tight ends coach. I don't hate that move. I think at the very least, you provide some continuity and you know what you're getting in the offense. So if it's me, I'm tagging myself in if I'm Kalen DeBoer, but Nick shared not a bad movie either, either in Tuscaloosa. Well, let's, let's expand, expand that a little bit because you know the trend. Everybody's trying to get away from the head coach OC, especially in a critical year. But you're right about one thing. If, if the first year goes badly, or, and badly at Alabama is losing two or three games, uh, then the pressure just starts to ratchet up. So you think he does it one year and then hand off? I'd love that. Yeah, I'd love that to be, hey, control your own destiny in year one. If it goes poorly, Kalen DeBoer, hey, hand up, it's on me. If it goes well, great. That makes it even more attractive for whoever your next OC is going to be, whether you go outside or whether you promote internally. I just think that gives you the most options going forward and I think probably helps you sleep the best at night too if you're Kalen DeBoer, even if you are staying up a little bit later, crunching some film and getting back into the swing of calm plays. J.D., before you go, uh, speaking about sleeping well, uh, we know that would probably make a lot of people sleep well. What SEC coaches aren't sleeping well right now, knowing what is facing them, not only in the spring, but especially in the fall? Yeah, I mean, I think the name that keeps coming up in a lot of just college football public circles is what's going to happen at Florida with Billy Napier. And Billy Napier is someone I'm, I'm a huge fan of. I think he's done a really good job with what he inherited. Now, it hasn't been the job they wanted to see done on the field, but just not, not just from a, from a, you know, what they haven't done the last couple of years perspective at, at Florida and Gainesville. I think just the, the schedule they have here to finish like November 2nd, to November 30th for them is absolutely brutal. You start with Georgia and then you got Florida state at the end of that thing. I mean, it is it's a very, very difficult schedule and what feels like a really high stakes year for Billy Napier and company. So I think that's one that you got to look at. Um, another guy that I'm a huge fan of Shane Beamer at South Carolina wasn't the year they, they wanted to have last year. Um, I'd probably pump the brakes a little bit more on making a definitive statement on Shane Beamer and his future in Columbia. I think they overachieved the, the past two years. So to have one down year this past year, um, I think you know you kind of wait and see and you don't get overreactionary. But those are the two that I'm curious to see how they respond in 2024. J.D., always great to have you on. J.D. Bakel from On3 Headquarters. We are going to uh, talk a little bit more about some of these subjects as the program rolls on and uh, jd is just our first guest we have many more and your phone calls of course here as, thank you uh, stephanie really appreciate it you bet uh, we as we continue uh, here on a tuesday afternoon oh by the way bill conley he just had that uh, list and then chase goodbread at 5 30 on the tide situation is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction well with hymns now you can get treated for ed without stepping foot outside your door they're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. 
Start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash Paul. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We are off and running here on a Tuesday afternoon. Let's, uh, well, surprise. I'm Ann early on in the show. Paul, let's, let's just walk down there and get, get us, get us, let's just walk down and get all of them. You know, I, I love the controversy. All these, he's a bammer. He, he, he's a bammer hater. He ain't Auburn fan. You say it quite often. You know that not to be the truth. Uh, Paul, I, you have to be 11 years old being Boy Scouts. I was uh, doing the Auburn football games with the Boy Scouts. You know, we would usher people to their seats and that kind of thing. So late November 1969, and you know I grew up listening to a lot of radio, watching a lot of musical things on TV. We went by Memorial Coliseum, and uh, sure enough, right there on the marquee, the Rolling Stones. And I, I knew then I wasn't getting no satisfaction because I was going to the game. I was going to, I'd, ra- I'd rather go to the Rolling Stones, but that didn't work out with the Boy Scout criteria. So we went to the games. I was going to the uh, Bama games at Denny Stadium when it was a dump because they thought Legion Field was such a nicer dump than the dump they had in Tuscaloosa. So all these people are talking about, you, you know, I saw Bear Bryant on the sidelines. I saw Shirt Jordan. I saw Pat Dye. I saw uh, – What's that that quitter from the Giants that y'all had Perkins? Perkins. I've seen just I, I saw all the mics on the sidelines in Tuscaloosa. I saw all the coaches in Auburn, uh, except when Malzahn got the head coaching job, and uh, and I met Luke Hugh Freeze. He signed my guitar. Now he got fired at the end of the year, but he and Les Miles both signed my guitar at media days. And you know the amazing story about that? They both got fired that year. But, you know, I've always been an Auburn fan. I've been going to Auburn games since it was a horseshoe stadium, and Bryant Denny had two different color greens turf on the field. It looked like it looked like a pure dump, and it was. And it's still a pure dump. All right, the other thing, you know, this this show is, is backseat driving 101. I mean, this is the classic case of let me teach you how to backstreet you know, back backseat drive, give you a backseat opinions that mean nothing. And most of them haven't learned a damn thing calling in this program. They have failed the backseat driving course because they don't know how to come in and have a good call. Paul, you're such a wonderful man. I love the way your hair looks today. Paul, your hair ain't changed in 20 years, but you look so nice. You, you know, now let's uh, move on to, you know, I try to stay on topic with you. You did mention the term. You said, I found this interesting, a Bama situation. 
an Alabama situation. Why is the media in the state of Alabama afraid to call it what it is? These are Alabama lies, Paul. We're talking about from the head coach to his head analyst to the school lying to their football team to protect themselves, not the players, but themselves. It's an egomania trip. It's, it's just an ego trip. They have lied publicly to all of those players. He's the coach. He's the coach. He's going he's to always be the coach. I quit. Well, he's a new coach, and, and guess what? He's bringing these coaches. I quit. I quit. They knew these guys had jobs. But they, let's, let's keep it down home, cuz. Hey, 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 I mean, like by the way, the uh, not, not to get in the way of a good call here, but uh, the coach at Seattle – was not hired until about a week ago. So it's impossible for me to believe that Ryan Grubb knew he had that job without knowing who the head coach was. <laughs> he, he, he told the team he was, he was the coach. Well, he did. I agree with you on that. I, I agree on that part. I'm just trying to make a, make a distinction here. You, you, oh, you, you, there you are. You're trying to qualify the lies. It's time for a sidebar, Paul. You need a shot of tequila or something because we've got to discuss this. You better bring bring the defense attorney over here and, and let's just hash this out right here at the bar. Because, I mean, these are Alabama lies, traditional lies, because they're trying to cover up things. And uh, I mean, if I, could, if I could interrupt, what are they trying to cover up other than the fact that the OC was probably not ever going to be there long term? And, and the offensive uh, line coach and long term, long term. How dare you use that word? What do you call a long term? Three days? Well, they've been there four weeks. That's long term. Well, in Alabama, right That's, now it is. <laughs> in, in the real world, most people call that very temporary. Well, yeah, uh, right. long term. Okay. Uh, you know, I like the way you stayed around things like that. I mean, long term. But these are straight well, up. I'm, I'm, I may be obfuscating. Uh, I mean, but at least I have a point. I mean, you're you're five uh, minutes uh, into the commercial about. Uh, you know, I sold Coca-Cola's uh, when Mick Jagger was singing, I ain't got no satisfaction, and it, it, it led to what? And no satisfaction for anybody watching or listening. There, there, you are, there you are trying to step on a good call because I'm, I'm, I'm hitting home runs, Paul. I'm pointing to the fence and the ball goes over. I'm pointing to the right. The ball goes over. I'm pointing to the shortstop. It goes through his legs. I'm pointing up, and it's going over. And you don't like it because I've called it what it is. Well, these are just things that happen, ladies and gentlemen. There's nothing to see here. I mean, there's absolutely nothing to see here. But in the real world, they're called lies. If you was, if, if somebody told you all that crap, that's what you say. You'd say they lied to me. You you actually insinuated that to about several coaches over the past few years that they lied to you. And you lost respect for them in those kinds of But, I mean, there is a difference between misleading, deception, being disingenuous, which, frankly, I think DeBoer may have been, and lying. Oh, there's a difference? Yeah, because of course. Turn over to CNN today. You'll, you'll see the distinctions uh, for oh, all of our I, political I, I candidates. You, your, 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 your distinctions come with payroll account. Okay, so you're making $10 million a year. Oh, that's that's a that's that's nothing here. No, that's just a little white thing. That's a little white light going on right there. But then you go down to this guy on the corner. Oh, he's he's just ball face line. He's criminal. He's he's thug, thug lights, hood rats. But these these are just white lights over here. These nothing nothing to them. 
and but you've got to hold people accountable. I mean, your commercials. You uh, I mean, I, I, I hate to interrupt, coaches. but but uh, but Randy just I, Randy either passed out or fell asleep. I don't know which one it is. Uh, Irvin is up next. And which one was it, Randy? Uh, Irvin is up next. Oh, thank you, Paul. Lord have mercy. I am sick and tired of I man, and I wanted to talk about something else, but Lord have mercy, I man is just a nut. He, again, I know, he's got I, he's got an incurable disease, sabinitis. And I don't I don't know. Who, yeah, he's 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 so hooked on Nick Saban in Alabama, and I'm not an Alabama fan myself. But Auburn will never be irrelevant anymore until they get a Georgia coach, and I said it. They will never be relevant again. Alabama, I don't agree with DeBoer being the head coach and calling the play. That's just a recipe for disaster. It is. And I'm and I'm 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 the first one to say it. They didn't and I don't care if Legend gonna come on. I just didn't think it was that big a deal, but but I don't like it. I I think when you're when you're Alabama and you're you're already struggling, you're a month into the job and you don't have an offensive coordinator and you've already lost a couple other coaches and who knows how many players the last thing you need to do is to worry about calling the plays. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I'm talking about, Paul. I mean, you shouldn't set, your set, up, set yourself up for disaster. You shouldn't be the head coach and the offensive That's Billy Napier how it worked out. It's worked out for two disastrous years. Yes, sir. But like I said, I man, this is for you. Auburn would never be relevant unless you have a Georgia coach. Thank you very much, Paul. We won a national championship with a guy from Florida about 13 years ago. James is up next. Paul, since we're covering some history here, 97-98, when I worked at Greenville Academy, I was teasing the guidance counselor about his hairdo. He said to me, Mr. God put hair on some heads and others he made perfect. And as far as Auburn being relevant, I think Auburn is on track to win its one national championship every 50 years. So all of us Auburn have fans are relatively happy. Paul, have a nice day. Man, James just – Darren is up next. Hello, Darren. Hey, Paul. Um I was calling you to talk about something else, but the little section with uh, I-Man. Hey, all I got to ask him, if he's such a great Auburn fan, ask him next time you talk to him, does he remember who Phil Gargis is? You know? Probably, yeah, uh, probably. He, you know, he, uh, well, that depends. Uh, 69, when he was selling Cokes, I think Phil played after that, didn't he? Oh yeah, but around probably around seventy three. Yeah, well, well like I man probably doesn't remember because did he say he was selling coke or doing coke? Oh, uh, who knows? But <laughs> I just there there is a, again there's <laughs> hey, a difference Paul, uh, with just, a distinction. I, I was watching it. I was watching it, waiting to get on with, and he just broke my whole train of thought. And I'm like, okay, Mister Auburn guy, all I'll say to him is. Come on, man. Hugh Freeze, yeah, he's a good coach and stuff like that. Auburn's got a long way to go before they'll be relevant. And he, I think he's he's doing something 
whatever it is, and that's his business. Everybody's got their own business. But uh, the reason I wanted to talk to you about was, oh, by the way, Phil Gargis went to my high school same oh, wow. same time that Ozzy, Ozzy Newsom was there. They both played on the same team. I did not realize right. that. Uh, Ozzy, truly one of the greatest players ever. Phil, I remember the name quite well. Hey, thanks for the call. We head to the break. We are going to try to uh, do an exercise during the, during the commercial to expunge everything you've heard so far out of your mind so we can restart this show in just a moment. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We're back. And let us uh, continue with more of your phone calls. Will is in North Carolina. Hello, Will. Paul, I'm still trying to connect the dots on on this call. Don't, don't try. Uh, we uh, we called uh, we called the authorities in Iman's hometown, and they are currently on their way out there with a straitjacket. And then make it worse, a James call. I mean, semi-annual terrible yeah. James call. I felt badly I mean, for James on. because his calls usually upset me, but I was I was uh, too uh, I, I I was just uh, I, mean, I, I was just gone by the time uh, the, I hit. Hello. I think it was last Tuesday, uh, last week, that it got off to a bad start, too. So, I, I, what is it about Tuesday? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm man's not a good – I'm into closer. He, you know, I'm, we've never had yeah. I man opening the show before. Yeah. He comes out of the bullpen. He, he's not on the mound in the first Yeah, game some people so. are not a good opening act. They're, they're, just, yeah. they're not cut out for actually having to work. Paul, is it true, is it true before every show, Randy – uh, hip bumps you like Travis Kelsey does uh, Andy Reid before the show to get your juices If Randy uh, hip bumped me like Kelsey did Reid, I would be <laughs> in the hospital right now. <laughs> A hip replacement. What do you, I mean, uh, Legend was talking about it last night. What do you make of that? I mean, <laughs> he's done it like two or three times this season. I mean, yeah, it concerned uh, me when when, uh, when Legend said, you know, I, I've seen a lot of bad dudes before. I mean, I, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I don't think Travis would, would like being in that conversation, but, uh, it was in no, I mean, I grew up and I'm sure you did that. If, if you went over and yelled at your coach and hip bumped him, yeah, yeah. you're probably yeah. forget riding the, the pine. You're probably in the parking lot going home. It must take some extreme communication between them two. And I, I think they have it, but 
I mean, yeah, I mean, they're friends, uh, and, and and Andy Reid's at the point in his career where he's he knows uh, they can replace me. Kelsey's a little more valuable right now. Yeah, who's going to mess around there and break Andy Reid's hip out there? I'm glad I, I agree with you on that. I felt badly for Andy because he's Andy. Andy doesn't look like the kind of guy that's doing chin ups uh, in the morning. Right. How, Tom, I'll, Last question for our brothers. How concerned are you about Alabama right now? I mean, on a scale. I mean, I wouldn't call plays if I was Kalen DeBoer. I want some separation between me and uh, the play call. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm concerned because uh, a couple of things. Number one, the talent departure was enormous. Yeah. And I, know, I know there's a built-in, well, Alabama's got great players. Well, they do. Uh, mm-hmm. But they're also in a pretty tough division right now where one or two players, they could go from – second to where they were first last year. They could go to second to third or fourth, and, and that's a big drop-off. And mm-hmm. I, I thought losing the OC was a bigger deal than, than almost everybody else thinks because DeBoer does not need to be calling the plays his first season or mm-hmm. any season. No. Yeah, he needs to maintain some separation, I think, from, you know, his first year or whatever, see how it goes at least. And, he has at least a little wiggle room if he's not calling plays the first year and it goes bad the way I see it. Uh, Paul, what about Tennessee? Uh, is Tennessee actually going to bring down the NCAA? I mean, is this is this legit? <laughs> I believe they are. I believe that Tennessee is going to come out of this fine, but uh, some people are not as confident as I am. But I, I don't think I, – I, the NCAA couldn't win a checkers contest right now. Jim is up next. I'll just say this. At least you can understand clearly what I man is saying. Unlike Will from North Carolina. <laughs> this is, that guy has never been able to be understood. He either has a stupid, horrible phone or he's got a terrible speaking voice. At least you can understand what I man saying. Thank you. That was a great call. Page 54, defending his brother, I-Man. That is, uh, I mean, Jim, I don't, I don't want to get on your bad side, even though I already am, but since you've become a, uh, an enabler of, of, of I-Man, uh, I don't know if that really helps your credibility very much. Bash is up next. Bash, Brother Paul, thanks for taking my call. Randy, roll tide to you, sir. Glad to have you in the studio. My man. Uh, Paul, to break the, the tension between the horrible calls we have, I'd like, to, before I get to my question, I'd like to start the call with a quick joke. So, over the weekend, I was on campus working the women's basketball game, and I got hungry during my lunch break, so I went to the concessions to get a grilled cheese. What do you call a grilled cheese sandwich from Boulder, Colorado? I don't know. The munchies. We are only 39 minutes in, and and we have had epically bad calls. What do we do, Randy? Tell you what we have coming up. They always tell you in TV, don't leave them crying. Leave them yearning for more. When we come back, We will give away, actually we won't, we will have a bracketology upset. We had a number one seed whose last call was so bad, he is now, where is he, Jamari? He's almost out of the tournament. 
An update in a minute. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Again, this is a projection. Uh, We're doing this just like the NCAA committee will do it this weekend. These are the new number one seeds Legend Jim, Dwayne, and Squirrel. Iman and John from St. Louis have both exited from the one line after recent calls. John went all the way from one to last four in. Bubble Watch Bash has moved out of the tournament and on the bubble. Daryl, AC, and Elliot. Vance is up next. This list is horrifying. Um, Paul, how are you doing today? I'm, I Vance, appreciate you taking my call. We're doing great. Thank you for checking in. I, I realize that this will not put anything to rest, but I wanted to ask your opinion. Do you think it would have been possible? How many championships do you think Nick Saban would have won had he decided to go to Auburn? I think Saban would have won a fairly similar amount. Uh, I think he's that good. I agree. How many set championships do you think he would have won had he stayed at LSU all this time? That is, to me, the uh, unanswered question. I, I think. Had Saban been able to resist the temptation of all the things that would have tempted him, uh, I think he would have been uh, in the vicinity of uh, maybe nine. Or ten. Yeah. Uh, I mean, by the way, he left one on the table for crazy Les Miles. Miles was able to play for another one, (laughs) and he had the best team. Those are two without even trying. Uh, and Saban had seven, so, so nine at a minimum. And remember, Saban lost three times in the championship game and, and twice in the playoffs. So I, I, I think you're right. I mean, he, he could have broken double digits. And LSU is good enough uh, and has always been good enough to, to be a dy- dynastic program. Absolutely. Okay, one more question. If you lined up every SEC team, to celebrate the conference around the field, and they all had their their school flag, past and present, including Tulane, including Georgia Tech, including Texas and Oklahoma. They're in the conference now. What flag would be leading that procession? You tell me. Of course it would be Alabama's. Okay. I, I just didn't want to be a Bama homer. Well, I, what do you say? Why are you pronouncing that wrong? Why don't you say it right, Bammer? Okay. Well, see, I am. Uh, yeah, you're right. I I lived in Alabama long enough where I could talk like a Bammer. Well, you know, it's obvious that that I man got off the phone, got out of work early today. He went down in the basement and played his Gretsch or Pearl drums, dreaming about the 
ice cream socially played at in eighth grade. And he's pissed off more now that, that Saban's retired than he ever was before. Yeah, I agree. Have you noticed that? Yeah. By the way, I don't think it was Pearl, Pearl Jam. I think he, what do you think he went in there, Randy, and played some? Uh... I'm talking about Pearl Drums. Oh, Pearl Drums. I'm sorry. Because that yeah, man does not but, seem like know, a Pearl Jam guy. It's a little too modern for him. No, no. And, you know, I mean, normally I mute his call, but, you know, in all the, I've been listening since 2014, and now I know how lousy the uh, Boy Scouts or Cub Scouts are if that's if all he's had to say about Auburn is selling Cokes there. Yeah. But that, that was I-Man's way of saying – Hey, yes, I have been inside a college football stadium before, uh, but, he, but, he, but not lately. Hey, thanks so much for the call. What, a, a number one seed squirrel is on the line. You know, I man's my buddy, but, but that call was so bad that I'm going to have to pile on with everybody, too. Please. I mean, halfway, halfway through his call, I was just picturing, I mean, I had like a vision of Kamala Harris. In my head, you know, just bird salad. I don't know. It was just a terrible call. Uh, but I've told on. you the uh, Squirrel, uh, I hate to disagree with you, but uh, I don't think anybody is in that category. <laughs> but I told you the power couple was back. And did you see how quick Jim defended his man? I'm embarrassed for Jim because he's a Hall of Fame caller and, and he hurts his reputation by <laughs> by what I would call just cheesy... Yeah, I mean, it's just like a, it's like you get the head of the Democratic Party on to, oh, I think Joe Biden's really great, or the mm-hmm. Republican guys are, oh, even though it's if, even though it's his daughter-in-law to say, I, I think Trump's great. Uh, you don't need those type. I mean, I turn my TV off whenever I see those party <laughs> flags on, and that's what Jim was right there. He was a party flack. Well, you know, behind every good man, there's a good woman. That's all I got to say about that. But um, one thing has been a kind of a dilemma to me. You know, I've always tried to be truthful, and I've been coming on here saying he was 78, 79. Now that I know he's 73, do I owe Jim an apology? Yes. By the way, uh, that's younger than I thought. He is. I know. I mean, he's kind of closer to my age, which I like, because it fits in with an idea that I have of like a, a boxing match to uh, like a pay-per-view boxing match this summer when after college baseball when things die down. So would you, would you, uh, Squirrel, I mean, knowing what kind of athlete he was, uh, would you get in the ring with him? <laughs> Why would I get in the ring? He's going to be my second match. The uh, first match for me is going to be Logan. That's going to be like my warm-up match. And well, then because uh, Jim is, the commission will not sanction that fight. Because Jim is five years older than me, and I am right-handed, I am going to tie my right hand behind my back. Yeah, me and Jim can be the uh, the bout right before uh, I Man and Legend. But I uh, think, I mean, it's it's a great idea. We can do it in June, July, maybe early August, right before the season starts, and uh, we'll talk about it further. Thanks for taking my call. Aloha. Okay, Ted is up next. Hello, Ted. Hello, Paul. I'm calling about eye monkeys call. <laughs> now, uh, we heard the same damn call yesterday, word for word, from his girlfriend, Alice Jane. Exact same word from AJ. Same call and everything. It's getting old. I mean, Squirrel was right last week. I man has found love. That's why the week before he told you when he came in, he was more relaxed and 
calm and mellow. It is true he's found love, but it's not with Jim. It's with AJ. Ooh. And I offer you a little proof is when Brenda made a uh, I man run when he called in on her call and he tried oh, to yeah, intimidate that, her. That, that was kind of the the emasculation of I man. When he tried to intimidate her and it didn't work, and on his way out, he said, "This ain't the Jerry Springer show, and I ain't your daddy." Two calls later, AJ calls in and says, "Brenda, the test results are in, and I man is indeed your damn daddy." Ooh. And then later on in the week, when Jim from Tuscaloosa. Told you he voted Dominic over I-Man for the best caller to the show. Lo and behold, a call or two later, Alice Jane called and attacked Jim from Tuscaloosa. But it's just getting old. I mean, I-Man says the same thing every day he calls, and he tells you he's on top it with you. Sure, he'll he'll mention whatever you're talking about for... You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast.